Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. Each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dreaming Out Loud with your host, me, Morgan T. Nelson. Look, guys, before we get started in today's interview, I'm obligated to share something with you that's been a complete freaking game changer to my life. If you want to grow any kind of business or grow yourself, grow your income or pursue your dream, do you know where it all actually starts? It starts with your health. So your outer world is a direct reflection of your inside world. So when you're thinking clearer and sharper, and you're feeling healthier, happier, and you've got more energy and vitality, everything around you starts to amplify. So that's why I have one of these bad boys every single day. It's called BEA or a beer is what I call it. It stands for Botanical Energy and Adaptogens. So guys, this is straight up the world's healthiest energy drink. It's been a complete game changer in my life and my business. It's jam-packed full of all the good stuff that our bodies actually need every single day and it has a full serving of vegetables, but tastes nothing like it, thank God, right? That's pretty good. Uh, it's so freaking easy. I love it. It's so easy to be able to swap this out for a coffee. Like I used to be a coffee fanatic, energy drink fanatic, and this is just way, way, way better to swap it out for these things. You know, when I used to be a carpenter, I lived off energy drinks because I knew that I needed it to get through the big days of work. Otherwise, I'd just crash out. But I also knew the damage it was doing to my body every single day. And if I continued doing it, I knew that ultimately my life would just start to get even worse than what it was. So I'm so freaking stoked that now I've got my hands on this drink, that it's got a nourishing blend of raw nutrients sourced from whole food, fruits, and vegetable ingredients, guys. And it's got none of the bad stuff that ruins the insides of your bodies. So if you guys want to grab your case of BEA, then jump in the link of this episode right now and you're going to get 25% off as one of my listeners. All right, jump in right now, grab yours and come and share a can with me. All right, now let's get into this interview. Okay, today's guest is an international speaker, best-selling author, network marketing rock star and the absolute king at building a strong and engaged social media brand. After watching his parents own over eight figures in the network marketing industry, he finally decided to go all in and build his own team in 2010. And in five years, he was able to grow a team of over 300,000 customers using only social media. Then he decided after having so many people reach out to him and ask how he did it to go all in and become a generic coach, speaker and consulting so he can change the face of the entire industry for the better. So please, guys, help me welcome the guy who went from working as a dishwasher in Liverpool, England for £3.50 an hour to now having spoken over 30 different countries, trained over half a million people, and is now the author of two best-selling books, I Dare You and I Double Dare You, my friend all the way from Dubai, Mr. Fraser Brooks. Ah, oh, mate, thanks so much for having me. That was awesome. That was like, I definitely didn't send you that bio. So I appreciate the due diligence and the and all of that, mate. It's a it's a pleasure to to hang out with you again and uh, make make magic happen. Yeah, well, you know, I've what? How many times? I think we've hung out now a, a few times and around the world, which is also cool, and in Vegas and Australia and stuff. So yeah, like I get people's bios and then I research more and throw in a little bit of how I actually know them and and blend it in just to bring out all the juice. So uh, I love it, man. But I'm I'm pumped that we get to chat here today. Um, in this wild world, but I've heard a lot about your story, but not many people do, right? They see you now, you're this 
speaking of stages of tens of thousands of people, you just had your massive summit on the weekend, which is incredible. You're just like this confident guy. You've created massive, massive success, but I know it all didn't really start there. So can you take everybody back? How did it, who were you, you know, when you finished school and university and all this kind of before pre-network marketing and all of this? Well, I, I was the guy in school. So I went to an all boys school. Um, so that brings its own kind of challenges, right? Because you kind of not taught and you're not naturally like, you're not playing kiss chase in the schoolyard, you know, like, you, you, well, if you are, you, you, you're not, you're not kissing girls. Right. So <laughs> it was a little, it was a little bit, it was a little bit different. So you, um, I, there was smaller classrooms, so it was more intimate. So if you can imagine if there's like 40 people and you put your hand up, it's all right. It's, it's, it's people aren't really paying attention. But when there's like 15 people in a class, when you put your hand up, everyone's like, you see everyone's head, like just, you know, turning and twisting and all eyes on you. So I naturally became extremely introverted, really, really shy. And I didn't really open my mouth because I had really bad teeth. Like I had like really, really, really pointy kind of fangs. And then like my other teeth were kind of, oh, mate, it, it, was, it, was a night, it was a nightmare. So every time I opened my mouth, people would just kind of make fun of me. So I just didn't open my mouth unless I was like doing athletics, like running or playing rugby. I mean, I, I was good at rugby when I was younger Then I, everyone grew up and I didn't. Um, so I had to end up playing hockey, uh, which is always embarrassing, especially to speak to an Aussie crowd. But um, so yeah, that, that kind of happened. And um, I then went into, into college. And because when I, went, when I moved from the school into college, there was now boys and girls involved. So it was like, oh my God, this like big wide world. I'm 16 years old and I'm like, there's women like boobs. Yes. Like I, I don't just say it on a, I don't just say it on a calculator and put my calculator upside down. <laughs> I'm now like, oh my God, yeah, they're there. Wow. Um, so I, that, that first year of college was, um, I'll say fun, <laughs> uh, probably too much fun. Um, so much so that the, the, the headmaster of the college, one of the big colleges basically asked me to come in after my first year for a first year review and said, listen, we don't want, we don't want you to, you don't want, we don't want your CV to look bad, but um, we're not going to, we're not going to invite you back for the second year. I was like, what? What are you about? Not going to invite me back. So your, your attendance is 8%. I was like, you track that. Like, how are you tracking that? Um, and I remember my mum panicking, saying, "What the hell are you gonna do? You ain't gonna be a network marketer like your dad because you ain't got it. You like you haven't you you're not that type of personality." So I went to another university, which is like one of the I wouldn't say roughest universities in Liverpool, but it's definitely not a well-known, popular one. And I went to do construction management. Did that again, same thing. I, I was really introverted, really shy, really hard for me to make friends. And then I, I kind of studied, my, studied further construction management. And the idea behind it was that I could build my own dream home. And then I realized about halfway through the degree, I was like, mm, actually, I won't be building my own dream home. I'll be working for someone else's dreams, building other people's homes. And I don't want to do that. So that's when I decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get involved in network marketing. Um, why not? What's the worst that can happen? I've got this huge student debt of like 10,000 US dollars, which is kind of nothing compared to the student debt people have now. But back then I was just, I just wanted to make $300 a month. If I can make $300 a month, then after three years, I'll pay off my debt. I'll be debt free. And then I can start to save to put a, uh, you know, a deposit on a house. Uh, and then I can buy the house and I can pay the mortgage off and then I can retire at 60 and I just live a normal life. Um, and it, it, it's just kind of crazy what, what happens when you just make the decision to maybe start small. But, uh, but play big. So yeah, la growing up was not, was not fun. 
Uh, I had a lot of fun in different ways, but not whilst I was in school. And I was just extremely, extremely low confidence, low self-esteem. Just, just, oh, just everything was on the low end. Everything was on the low end. Crazy times. It's it's so funny because like I can like I I can kind of similarly relate. Like back when I like my whole before self development everything like that. It was way. It's not like I wasn't introverted or shy. It was just a lot easier to do that than to stand up and kind of you know be seen, be extrovert. It's just easier. Um, but you said so. Your mum said to you, you didn't have that personality to be network marketer. What's that kind of look like? Because I know a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people that kind of tune into this um, podcast as well. Some of them are in network marketing, a lot of them are entrepreneurs, and a lot of people actually also just trying to go and pursue their dreams. So not everybody even knows what network marketing is, but sometimes they might have heard about or heard that you have to be a type of personality in it. What was your mum kind of referring to when you said you don't really have what it takes? So I, I literally, if the phone rang, my mum and dad always joke about this now, if the phone rang, I would leave the room and just pretend I needed to go to the toilet because I had a phobia of answering the phone. It, it was so bad that like, imagine this, the phone rings, your mobile phone rings and you're like, I can't answer it. And you run away from your phone. That's what I was like. So my mom was like, you've got to speak to people on the phone to be a network marketer and you hate the phone. So like, how are you, how are you going to be a network marketer? And it was actually funny because one of my first, my first job was a kitchen porter, right? We call them KPs in the UK, but um, kitchen porters, I was washing pots and pans when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And then one of my, one of my next jobs after working in a care home, like literally making elderly people their breakfast in the morning and their lunches, it was kind of weird. Um, My mom actually got me a job in a state agent. Um, And the reason why she said, listen, if you get this job, one thing you're going to have to do as an estate agent is meet people show them a presentation, which is a house and answer the phone. And I was petrified that first day. I think, uh, I think I missed that first day three times uh, because I was, I was sick on that first day. Right. But eventually I, I did it. And it was probably the best thing that I've ever done um, because the skills that I learned there, I was able to transfer into network marketing, but yeah, massively introverted. I still am massively introverted. It's just I get myself into a completely different state when I'm when I'm on stage or when I'm doing podcasts or or or, or lives. But yeah, um, mum just really didn't think that I had what it what it took. It was yeah, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So do you do you think you you've just developed? Do you think you've developed? Do you think there's a type of personality you have to be to have success in network marketing, kind of anything? Do you think you become that, or do you think you just got good at kind of pushing the fears and knowing you need to do the things that you need to do? The great thing about network marketing, and for the entrepreneurs out there, for the people who aren't in network marketing, and for the people who are in network marketing, I believe network marketing is is a form of entrepreneurship, but I call it chicken entrepreneurship. So the re- the reason I call it that is is you may be too chicken to invest like a hundred thousand dollars into a startup, but that doesn't mean it's not bad. That doesn't mean it's 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 bad, right? It just means that it's a great way to start into entrepreneurship, and some people are like, you know what? this is where I want to finish. It's so freaking good. This is where I want to be. Some people use it as, right, I've got these skills. I've got this network. This is amazing. But I've always wanted to have my own restaurant. I've always wanted to have my own bar. I've always wanted to have my own my own gym. I've always wanted to have my own business. And they use the skills from network marketing. Um, so anyone entrepreneur, any entrepreneur out there who, who gives network marketing or tries to give it a bad name or a bad rep or says it's bad, challenge you to, to think again, really, um, because all the big thought leaders are all big fans of it. Even if they say they're not, they invest in it, um, which is, which is kind of, which is kind of fun. Um, 
Yeah, no, and, per, and personality, any per, the great thing about network marketing is, is any personality can, can succeed. I think what the, the, the key fundamental is I like to say there's four C's, and I believe there's four C's of building any entrepreneurship or network marketing in particular, is you've got to be coachable. And if, you build, if you're an entrepreneur and you haven't got a coach, I challenge you to go and get a coach because it'll shortcut, it'll shortcut the time to success. You've got to be coachable. You've got to be committed. You don't just like, you know, when, when, when NASA sends rockets into space, they don't go five, four, three, two, one, lift off. And then the rocket just goes, or the astronaut goes, actually, nah, I can't be asked. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't be out. Nah, nah, I'm not feeling it today. Let, tomorrow? Yeah, should we go spend another few hundred million like tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, okay, great. Nah. Um, so you got to be coachable. you got to be committed. you got to be consistent, obviously. Uh, and I believe consistency happens when the vision aligns with the belief and the clarity and the plan that you have. A lot of people kind of want to be a six-figure income earner or a seven-figure income earner, an eight-figure income earner, a nine-figure income earner, but they don't believe in the plan that they've got to get there. They're like, oh, I don't think this is going to get me there. So they just don't do it. Uh, and the fourth C is the big one, and that's courage. Uh, you've, got to have, you've, got to have that, you've got to have the courage um, to really step out of your comfort zone. I don't necessarily believe in living out your comfort zone. I, I believe in stepping out of your comfort zone momentarily, and it takes courage to do that. So, yeah, it doesn't matter the personality you are. you just got to have that courage to, 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 to make a difference, really. It takes time as well. Yeah. Like I, I got asked the other day, you know, someone said to me, uh, well, we, we actually had a karaoke night here the, cool. yeah, at, at my local dance place the other day. And I just like, now I, like I was, I used to be petrified at public speaking. I was, I was never a good speaker. Um, and so now like obviously through years of practice and, and whatever. So karaoke comes on, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to get up. This is going to be so funny. And right before we kind of get up, I took a shot. Cause I'm like, I'm so freaking nervous still. Like I don't want to get up there, but I know it's like, I, I go between like this. I'm really scared to do it, but I know it's going to be, the rewards going to be so fun, you know? And so and then someone asked me after like, how are you confident to get up there? I was, like, I was not confident to get up there, mm-hmm. but I took a shot, <laughs> but then I took a step of courage knowing that I'm just going to have that momentary push of that discomfort and then just feel like, oh my God, that was so funny. You know, I added to some value in the rooms, just good entertainment. You just had a good night. Like one day I'm going to die. I'm not going to look back at all the times I played it safe in life. I'm going to look back and be like, oh my God, remember that time I stood up and did that in front of all those people. It was so funny. You know, it's just like kind of that step of courage comes first and then confidence follows. Yeah. You know? Like that, that's kind of just how it rolls. But take it back a second. You know, you're talking about some of the greats in this industry and you know, that I really like in the industry. Why does network marketing kind of get a bit of a bad name when you do have people like Bob Proctor, uh, you got people like Tony Robbins, you, you know, you got these kinds of people that not only back the industry, some of them actually build, uh, and then not even mention like like a Jim Rohn, the fact he actually he made his first millions in network marketing. Uh-huh. Why why does it kind of get a bad rap? I think I think people first of all the people who aren't involved in my opinion, shouldn't have and it like shouldn't be so strongly against it. If they haven't if they haven't got if they haven't got involved in it, they haven't done it, they haven't truly understood the power of it. A lot of people see network marketing as an income opportunity, but it is so much more than that. 
It's the best place to build a net. It's best place to build a network of friends. It's the best place to feel confident. It's the best place to get positivity. It's the best place to learn more about you. It's the best place to get pushed out your comfort zone. It's the best place to get mentorship. It's the best place to build relationships, friendships, partnerships. It's 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 crazy how great it is. I think I think the real bad reputation of it comes when the people who give it five minutes, right? The people who give it five minutes, they kind of go out and like, because no one blames themselves. No one goes and goes, ah, oh, you know, network marketing, it works, but I didn't work at it because I just, I quit everything. No, no one ever says that. Just because your boyfriend or your girlfriend finishes after 37 seconds doesn't mean you should finish after 37 seconds, right? Like, come on. Um, so don't blame, like, don't blame other people. So the reputation comes... People don't give it long enough. Um, I mean, like just, you know, you go, you go to university, it takes three, four, five years to get a degree just because in network marketing, you don't have anyone to kind of tell you when you can and can't stop. Um, I think, I think that's where the big, the big bad reputation comes is from people who have joined the industry and left and told people like, yeah, I've done it before. Yeah, I've done it before. Yeah, I've done it before. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I think the second thing is a lot of the people who are in entrepreneurship who, who don't like it. I think the problem, the great thing about network marketing is you're reliant on other people to be successful. And it's one of the best things about network marketing. It's leverage. But one of the worst things about network marketing is you're reliant on other people to be successful, right? So you're like, you recruit someone, you're like, come on, do do the work, do it, do it. And they're like, but you do it first. I'm like, no, no, I've already got my three who get three, 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 who get three. It's now your turn. And it's a bit, you know, you're like, oh, my people aren't doing anything. They don't get it like I do. So the frustration can kind of, um, set in, but the bad reputation 100% comes from people just not working at it long enough or hard enough, and yeah, they they they, they blame they blame other people before they'll ever blame themselves. Yeah, like I, I literally did a podcast on this, and the thing is, this um, we hear all the time: self-made millionaire, self-made billionaire, self-made this, self-made that. But you never ever ever hear somebody say, "I'm self-made mediocre." Yeah. I'm a self-made $50,000 a year earner. I'm self-made in debt. I'm self-made completely freaking lost. And you just says like people don't take 100% responsibility. And they're, you know, and, and I do get it sometimes. But like, I've done that. It, it doesn't work. Like, well, hang on a second. It didn't work or you didn't work. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, no, I just didn't really give it time. Okay, so let's, let's, let's call it what it is then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Fraser, I want to hear the story um, because, you know, so often along you know, not only just network marketing, any journey where you're, where you want to declare and say, this is what I want to create in my life. I want to become this. I want to do this. I want to have this. You're going to have so many people try and talk you out of it. And it's not always in a negative way. A lot of the time people actually just care for you and they're trying to say, no, it doesn't work like that. It's going to be done this way. You went across the exact same way, the exact same thing with your dad when you started this industry, right? Because you're like, I want to do it through social media. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, take us through the story of how, how he wasn't trying to, hate on you or talk you have it. He was more so like, no, Fraser, it's not done like that. Yeah. You want to share this with us? Yeah. So I, I remember I, my dad kind of, when I was 18 years old, my 18th birthday, he called me into his office. I thought he was going to give me a Rolex. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought I was going to be the spoiled kid there. And he gave me a fir- my first presentation. He said, son, and he actually gave me this presentation. And I said, no, and I, and I don't really share this part of the story, but he said to me, listen, I've, me and your mom have been giving you pocket money or like support or like, you know, we've helped you invest in different things. Like financially, 
um, up until this point in your life. Mom and dad made, made millions of dollars, so I was privileged enough to be in that, that position. I realized that not everyone is in that position, and, and I appreciate that. Um, but he said, this is where it stops. You, won't, you, won't, you don't come to us for money. Don't come to us for pocket money. Don't come to us for a loan. Don't come to us to borrow a fiver. Don't. But what I will do is I'll give you the skills and opportunity. If you say no, that's on you. So I said, Dad, I'm not doing it. Three months later, followed up, said the exact same thing. Three months later, exact. He followed up with me 16 times. And then I was 22 years old. April, it was April the 8th, 2010. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I've been a student of this industry my entire life. I know everything about it that I believe. Um, but I'm going to do it all on social media. My dad basically looked at me and was like, it doesn't work on social media. Go and find me a success story on social media. Uh, and, you know, I'll support it. And I remember spending like three days just trying to look. I looked through books on the internet. I looked on, on like websites, on blogs, on seminars. At event. I, I couldn't find anyone. And I thought, well, if no one's been successful doing that, yes, I know success leaves clues and there's no success and there's no clues there. But surely, surely there has to be someone who, do, who does it and gets started with it first. So I just went with it. My dad said, hey, do it the old school way first, and then I'll support you doing it in the new school way. Um, and I just, I just did it, mate. I just went hard. And I think it's because I had that. I think it's because I had my dad kind of saying, like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. That really pushed me. But he now looking it. back. He yeah, used it as the looking, power to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. And, I, and now looking back, I know my dad's such a smart mentor that he was doing that with the intention that he knew that I was going to try and prove him wrong. Um, he's smart, he's smart and stuff like that. So I, I think that's, that's what happened. But yeah, I just, I just decided to go big and go hard and just, I believe if you go big and go hard and, and you ignore the outside, outside noise and that you ignore the haters, you just, you just gonna get the success. It just works a hundred percent of the time for a hundred percent of people who give it a time. Um, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just guaranteed if you, if you guarantee that you're going to put the effort in. But it didn't work for you straight away though, right? So when you've got, you know, your dad and you've got all of his top owners, right? Sitting around saying, Fraser, it's not going to work. It's not going to work like that. And then you go out there and try to prove him wrong and it's not working. Do you not have moments where you're like, fire out. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe they are right. What kept you going? Vision. Like it, it was just, I just knew I'm, I'm big on vision. Like I, I'm so like, I, I don't just think like next year, five years, I think like a hundred years, 200 years when I'm not even here. Because I believe your number one goal in life should not be accomplished when you're alive. Um, like I just, I just, because they don't build statues of people based on the commissions you earn. They build statues on people based on the significance you make. Um, so my, my vision back then was, no, no, I'm going to be the person who they write a book about, or they, they do a seminar on, or they do an event on, or they write blogs about, or they do podcasts on because I was the first person to do it. Um, and I want to be able to do that. So I get the pioneer results. I am the first person to see the gold. I'm the first person to clean up, but also people kind of mention my name when they're talking about social media and talking about social media. And that just kept, that just kept me going. And I would say every week, every seven days that went by six days, I wanted to quit and seven mm -hmm. and, and one, I wanted to keep going. Uh, and it's just something that I heard a long time ago. I'm not too sure who said it, but it was, it was probably when I was like, eight or nine, they literally said to me, don't quit on a bad day. You'll regret it. So I never allow myself to quit on a bad day because you never quit on a good day. So mm -hmm. I just, just condition myself to just be the most unstoppable non-quitter person that I'd, I'd ever come across. Um, yeah, kind of weird how it works out. <laughs> I love this, man. So, so then fast forward, you had, you had massive success 
like fast forward 300 team of 300,000, which for guys who aren't in network marketing, that's huge. That's, that's definitely top, probably top, top, top of 1% of all network marketers massive. So then why did you switch? Why did you then go into coaching? And cause, cause then to kind of make that switch, it's, you kind of leave that behind then, right? You can't have to close the doors and actually can't do the two at once. So what made you close that up and go into doing what you're doing now? Well, yeah, because it's a bunch of people who 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 do but who do both, right? And I just I just don't believe that. It was actually a mutual friend of ours, Andrew Logan. He mm-hmm. he, he told me one day that hungry dogs run faster um, through something that, like an inter, like an NFL interview or something that he heard he, he listened to, and it made me think like, yeah, you know, it's right. So by by resigning from a multiple 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 six figure income and like income without having to get out of bed, it just, it was just, it, it was so deep that it was just growing and growing and growing to be able to resign and actually literally take that income and go to zero was, was scary. But the, the problem I had, the issue I had, it was, it was a great issue was that leaders and companies from other companies and teams were coming to me and saying, listen, we've heard about the success that you've got. We've seen the success that you've had from social media. We want to transition into social media and you're the only person that we know of and can find who's had the results taking me back years and years and years ago to when I couldn't find. Now they could, the vision had come true. So I was like, I started to do some consultancy. I started to do some team training, some company trainings. And it got to the point where it got to the point where I was like, I, I don't feel like I can do this. It's not fair. I'm spending more time with other people's teams than I am my own teams. So I just think this is what I'm meant to do on this planet. I think this is what I've been put here to do. I think that, that I've been placed here to be a social media coach, trainer, and speaker. Um, so I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm young enough to do it now. If I don't do it now, I'll regret it. And I was sat in Salt Lake City. Uh, in an off in a company office, and Bloomberg was on the TV. It was on the eighth of November, two thousand and sixteen. So, for those of you listening in America, you might remember that date. I'm on. I'm watching Bloomberg, the news thing, and all of a sudden, it just flashes up. Breaking news: Donald Trump's elected as the next president of the United States. And I start laughing my head off. I'm like wetting myself with. I, I laughed as well. I. Like, <laughs> you're like you're like what is going on? So I'm yeah. like, what is going on? This is absolutely ridiculous. And it triggered it to me. It said, today is a crazy day. I'm going to do something crazy. I mean, this is what, that's what I'm going to do. 2017, I'm just going to dedicate myself to giving value. And that's what I did. 2017, I'll be completely honest. And I don't share these numbers. Like, I don't share these numbers. I went from earning, I'm not going to say the exact number, multiple, seven, sorry, multiple six-figure income to in 2017, making nothing till May. Like zero income for the first six months, basically of 2017 and the by the end of 2017 I was traveling around the world all of this I was doing a lot of events for free and I probably made about 30,000 US dollars take away my take away my my expenses because I was paying for the travel because I was literally proving myself saying like I will literally set your team on fire just give it let me give me the opportunity to do it um I probably made about 3,000 US dollars in 2017 um and now I it's three four five million plus yeah. Um, is this because like, so would you say now you've actually fully, this is your purpose? Mm-hmm. That'd be right. 100%. Because it's like, like okay. Yeah. No, like for me, as, as I talk about vision, I think vision is so important. And my vision is to be the number one most valuable asset in network marketing. Mm-hmm. And I know like the people who, who are, who are above me with that, the people who have set the bar are Eric Worre and Jim Rohn. Um, and uh, am I going to accomplish it in my forties and my fifties and my sixties and my seventies? No. Will I accomplish it like Jim Rohn did after he passed? 
probably, yeah. Um, but that's it. Like how many people, like Jim Rohn once said, true success is determined by the number of times your name is mentioned in other people's success stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. I want, I want to be, and it, it, it maybe sound like an ego thing, but it's not really. It's a selfish thing for me, but it's quite an unselfish thing that other people get the success based on what you've taught them. So yeah, vision, vision, vision's got to be big and long, man. It's very interesting. I'm literally thinking that exact same thing this week. It's like, what's the main thing that really drives me? It's like, I, you know, I don't want to die and just be known to like a few hundred people, you know? It's like, I want to, like, we're only here one time. And I often find myself, you know, what drives me a lot is actually creating, you know, and, and I was thinking this week, it's like, Morgan, that's, you're being driven by significance, but that's, you know, and I'm like, well, is it really like, let's say if I'm being driven by significance and I just want to be the best and because be known for just being the wealthiest in the world or something, I think difference. But if your significance is being driven by, you can only achieve your goal if it's having a massive impact in other people's lives. I, I think it's, I think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. For me, I, um, two things that I think is more important. I think a lot of people focus on becoming a, a higher performer but high performance is linked to your personal performance, right? Like you have a personal best, right? You have, you've got to beat your personal best. You've got to lift that more than you've lifted before. You've got to, you've got to you earn more than you've ever before. You've got to, you've got to do all this. I believe value and trust are even bigger. When someone, when someone can trust you and can, someone can bring, and you can bring value to other people, that's when people look at you and go, wow, role model, hero, legend, legacy, follow this person, follow this person, follow this person. It's not the person who makes the most, it's the person who gives the most and you can trust the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Sinek has a great, great training on this. He says that he worked with the Navy SEALs and apparently the Navy SEALs are the most efficient unit on the planet and everything. They're just the most efficient like their Their return rates are just like bigger than anything else. And he said that when asked, like, who would you want to, like, fight against? Would you want to fight against, like, the highest performers, the, the best shooters, or the people you trust the most? They would say, I prefer, to, I prefer the guy who's the worst on the team in terms of shooting, but the best on the team in terms of trustworthy. Because I'm going to fight. I'm, I'm going to have to trust him with my life. Not mm. trust the guy next to me can shoot 20 people in, in a second. No, that this guy will jump in front of a bullet for me. And it's just a great, it's a great kind of point of view of, like, wow. Yeah, what trust can we bring to the market? What value can we bring to the marketplace? Um, those are the two things we need in order to create that significance. I love it. Man, I'm super mindful of our time on this. Uh, but I've got one second last question, actually. You know, obviously, you can't do what you do without being a massive advocate for network marketing and just what it does. Why, why are you such an advocate for the industry? I mean, I, I've grown up around it. So, like, it, it's... My entire life, my, my, my network marketing career started before I was born. So I've grown up. It's all I know. Like most people won't kind of be able to compute this or understand this. But 98, 99% of the conversations I've had with my dad as an adult, honestly, have been network marketing. I, I, I mean, I maybe talk to him for about five minutes about football, right? That's about it. All the rest, even on my wedding day, we were talking network marketing, Right? <laughs> It, we just we just were because I'm just so it's all I know it's it's what I know I'm good at it's what I know other people need to become good at and need people need to understand and I just know that hey I'm so naturally passionate about it I wake up in the morning I'm like network marketing let's go whereas a lot of people need to get fired up about it 
And I just want to be that catalyst. I want to be that spark that helps helps people get fired up, really. Um, I just love it, man. I just love it. You cut my, you cut my, you cut my wrists. Blood doesn't come out. Network marketing does for sure. Like, <laughs> what, what's like, network marketing look like? Just circles and <laughs> yeah, mate. Just like a lot of like deep red. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, like like the, the the thing the thing with this is, you know, I I think the biggest thing I love about it, you know, and obviously I've all my success I've created is through network marketing. Um, is you can't actually articulate what it really does for people. Like yeah. it, it's really like a self development industry with a compensation plan attached to it. You can only get paid to the amount you grow. So it's that's kind of what I love about it. But it's it's hard to kind of show that. You know, it's only the people who knew you before and see where you are now. It's like, damn, um, right? But man, this has been freaking fire. I know you've got to run, but where can everybody find you? Buy your books, follow you on social media, and all of that. Yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called Network Marketing Ninja Podcast. That's probably a good place to start if you like podcasts. Uh, I also have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, FraserBrooks.com. You, you got, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere on that. It's F-R-A-Z-E-R-B-R-O-O-K-E-S. So, mate, I'm super grateful for, for the chance to be able to be on here. Uh, I love what you're doing here. I think the great thing is, is that long, long after you stop creating content one day or when you leave this earth, whatever, people will still be able to go and hear your voice and be like, wow. Those, 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 less, those lessons and learns that he was doing in the beginning were just straight up fire. Progression, progression creates inspiration. Um, and I think people, got, people are listening have got to ask themselves the question, what are you doing to progress every single day in your life? I love it. That's powerful. Man, all right, to wrap this up, I've got one final question for you. Are you ready? Yeah. If you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Join now. Don't say no go harder, faster, better, stronger, um, because the compound effect's real. And I'm now four, I'm four years behind where I should have been. So yeah, get started sooner. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.